Um, the Flying Scotsman was a famous British train that was saved from scrap by Alan Pegler. It was built by the British Railways. And hmm. so, so what makes it famous? And when it went to America, it almost never returned. So what makes it famous? It's famous because um, it was saved from. It's the one of the only steam engine that's still running in the the British Railways fleet. Hello, comrades. This is the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined, as always, by Corey Mark Rodrigo. Rodrigo, it was your birthday yesterday. Congratulations on a, on another year around the sun. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, apparently you, so, you said made it official by saying that, you know, was it 43 rotations around the sun? So, yeah. She, well, she, I, I wanted to think... Uh, the dads of Frogtown and Midway and and West Seventh for stopping by and yeah. chilling in my garage because all we did was talk about kid stories. It was great. It's good. I loved it. Yeah, and and drink hams. Nothing drink like hams. And I got to eat my first. Uh, excuse me if I get the pronunciation. Soft pretzel. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough. I thing. still can't believe you've never had a soft pretzel until last Sunday. Hi, man. I, I've never had a soft pretzel at all. I, Seriously, have you ever had like nacho cheese? I have nacho cheese, but I'm nacho, right, it, and they, they, they go pretty well together too. I'm just no, nacho soft pretzel is a, is a mustard thing fried. only. Um, well, maybe we'll have back to your nacho bias. Maybe Wes. we'll have a, a cultural exchange where um, where we make some uh, German food and and bring it over, and and you guys make make some uh, fantastic. Either you can make Mexican or Peruvian food for us, but we'll do we'll do a little uh, exchange here. No, I'll make some Lomo. There you go. Perfect. All right. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. We are going to talk about the fantastic ass kicking that Minnesota got at the hands of Real Salt Lake. We've uh, we've got Super League, though, to kick off the show because we recorded last Monday, which was uh, just right in the middle of the 36-hour shitstorm that was the European Super League, which is one of the one of the greatest times in the history of soccer as far as i know um basically uh you know when we were recording they had announced it on sunday and they said they were going to do it they had a shitty logo and by tuesday everyone was like Oop, uh, no um sorry we're, we're not doing this um everyone protested we had the um the president general vice president of uh manchester united uh resign anyway it was a it was a colossal shitstorm. Anyone have uh, fantastic things to say about the shitstorm that was? Uh, two things. Okay. One, Wes, congratulations! Your club was the only club to fire their coach during the, the Super League's existence. So you were the only club to yeah. It's, mm-hmm. So congrats on that. And then um, thank you. Yep. Then they went on to um, to appoint twenty nine year old Coldplay uh, um, lookalike. Um, Ryan Mason to be the the head coach who then uh, he could have he didn't of course because he's a Tottenham head coach um, he could have won a trophy in his second game but he did not I, um, I thought he was the son from Mumford and Sons 
<laughs> wait, wait, no, no, no. I thought that was like the um, fascist banjo player. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of sons. There's, Mumford has a lot of sons. Yeah, there's a lot of heritage in that band, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I know we're talking about European Super League. Ryan Mason, Coldplay, as I call him, um, is a really great story. 29-year-old, had his like life-threatening injury at 26. Um, basically, all he did as a Spurs player is score an amazing goal. Go look it up against Arsenal. And then uh, um, had his uh, life almost ended by it uh, during a game. And then he like retired. And now he's the head coach of of uh, Tottenham Hotspur for a little bit, for a little spell. Um, European Super League. Any any anyone want to say some fond words at the gravesite while we uh, pour some cheap um, cheap ass beer on it? No, but I I mean I I I, I wish the league would have gone on a bit longer. Just so um, Real Madrid's uh, Florentino Perez could do more inter- like talk show interviews, mm. trying to defend the league. Because Straight up it performance was, art, man. It was so good. It was amazing. Oh, God. It was just chef kiss. It was so oh. good. Like, And I wish I had planned ahead. I would have translated all of the best lines from him, but I can't. But, like, I mean, it, oh, it, it was like Donald Trump he- defending the election. Well, Only it was in soccer terms. It was so good. The great things were that um, the whole debacle was being blamed on Americans um, when, like, the biggest advocate for it was, like, saying for Florentino Perez, uh, what is he, the what, what, what's his role for Real Madrid? President. He's the president. Yeah. yeah. President, um, president of the Real president Madrid. of Real Madrid saying, like, oh, well, young people, maybe we need to ga- make the game shorter and we, maybe we need to, like, right make them have shorter like shorts hockey. or something like that. I, I, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I've been, uh, my Twitter account was hacked. So I've had so many stupid ass, uh, tweets I've wanted to send about it. I wanted to make fun of, uh, all the, um, the soccer bros who were like, it's just business, bro. Just business. It's just, um, anyway, it's beautiful I mean, stuff. The, the thing is, is that there's still, is, are there still two teams in the super league? Yes, it's now known as El Clasico Super League. Exactly. <laughs> Barcelona and Real Madrid are left. So every, every we're going to play each other every, like twice a month on yep. Wednesdays. It'll be great. So, It'll be great. Do you guys every know- Wednesday, we'll have the El Super League Clasico. And then, you know, by week four, everyone's going to be so bored by it that no one's ever going to watch the Super League ever again. So this is a real niche um, thing, but do you guys remember when Jonathan Safran Foer, the author, um, uh, left his wife for Natalie Portman because they had been having like what he thought were these soul-searching um, email exchanges, and then like Natalie Portman was like, "Whoa, dude!" Um, it, was for a, it was for like a New York Times like yeah. op-ed. Or it was, yeah, they were like doing that? some back and forth thing for it, and he like felt, and she was not vibing. She was like, um, "No, I'm I'm married. I'm good. Thank you." The European Super League felt like that, like leaving your partner for Natalie Portman, and Natalie Portman's like, "No, no, sorry. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm married to a baller ballerino." Anyway, um, let's move on. We don't we don't really have a bad. I, I guess the bad is. Um, we, what would you say? Sebastian Lebet, Legette is the, is the bad this week. He got banned for uh, using the P word, the homophobic slur, in a uh, Instagram uh, Instagram thing, tweet, whatever. You, what do you call it? Post. Story. 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 Yeah. There we go. Directed at his teammate. Uh, Araujo. I always have. Uh, uh, is it Araujo? Yeah. 
And so the funny thing is that Araujo reshared it, and that's how everyone else found out about it. That Araujo was okay with his bro, Sebastian, mm. calling him the P word because it's cool when they call each other the P word until Becky G finds out about it. And yeah, it's over. What's the um, what's the weird story of the week? Uh, so Arsenal fans, there was like several four four thousand fans or more outside of um, their stadium this weekend protesting the current owners. And amidst all of that, the current owner of Spotify, Daniel Eck, E-K is his last name. So we're just going to assume that it's Eck, Eek. It's the guy who's Probably. been uh, paying me um, 18 cent royalties for the yeah, last my, few quarters. My, my Thanks, ska buddy. band from college has, I think, about 90 cents worth over the last 10 years that, that we're owed. Is that for I real? I to see a check. Oh, you, you haven't get to I do get, I get my um, uh, $18 checks, but that's mostly from... Amazon, a TV I think show. I, I, I had mine from CD Baby for a while, and they were they were decent, and then yeah. they just dropped off a cliff. Uh, anyway, he tweeted. I've been trying to bring it back for you, Corey. I oh, I I appreciate it. Um, so I still get my zero cents from um, SoundCloud and my negative two cents from um, what's the other website that lets you upload music and you can sell MySpace, huh? MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the I also I also get checks from another band that had um, a uh, a song a couple songs in um, Teen Mom Two one of the uh, MTV series. Oh so, man! Boom! Oh man! Getting that um, check. So anyway, anyway our um, our uh, elite benefactor um, uh, tweeted uh, during all of this. As a kid growing up, I've cheered for Arsenal as long as I can remember. Uh, if the was it Kronky? Kron Kronky? Krunke. Krunke. Krunke? Kronke? Um how do you Mark, um, how do you pronounce it? Give us your Kronky? 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 Kronke. It's Kronky. Kronk. It's it's Kronk, um, actually. It's yeah, it's just Kronk. He's from New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Krunk. Krunk. Y'all we're getting um, Kronk tonight. It's a Stan Krunk. Um they said if he'd like to sell Arsenal, he'd be happy to throw his hat in the ring. And then uh, ESPN FC had a longer piece about it. And I just think that that's funny that the owner of Spotify is willing to spend a couple billion dollars, not a billion, a couple billion dollars, like a couple hundred million dollars on a, uh, on a soccer team, but not pay mm -hmm. artists. So yeah, that's a little weird. Maybe that should have been the bad one. Yeah. If we flipped it like that, it doesn't right. matter. It's, it's all it's all the same. It's, it's all all it's news. Art. I mean, in reality, you guys, are, all the musicians are going to be the owners. Yeah, yep. That's in, in the end. Art, art right. should be free, man. There's <laughs> you can't put a put a dollar amount on that. I, I I don't think I would want any of my friends or fellow musicians to be part owners of Arsenal <laughs> in any kind of way. So, I think that's enough punishment in its own. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We will come back, and it's Minnesota United time. Uh, Danielle just texted me during that last segment. Um, she's laughing now. When I said uh, a bunch of Arsenal fans were out protesting owners, she thought I said protesting boners. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting on the couch giggling. <laughs> I could see I could see Arsenal fans being opposed to boners. If we can't have fun, no one gets to have fun. Since Thierry Henry retired, <laughs> no one's allowed to have them. 
And we're back on the 55-1 podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Minnesota United time. Let's do a little bit of uh, um, of news roundup. Minnesota United's opponents are two for two so far with the 2021 Team of the Week honors. Um, uh, but not not the not the player of the week. But so week one we had uh, two two opponents on the uh, on the team of the week. We had Rui Diaz in the starting eleven and Josh Atencio on the bench. Week two we've got Anderson Julio uh, starting eleven and David Ochoa only made the bench and he um, he he kicked the figurative ball at um, whoever makes. Here's this my question on the voting this. though: How do you make the bench as a goalkeeper when you only have two shots on goal and you let one of them in? Yeah, but he was the big news. We'll talk about him in a bit. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this now. Um, Adrian Unu uh, has been signed by the team. He um, gave a little, like, he uh, on, on Twitter, he had, like, a little video, which is like, Hello, everyone. I'm uh, very excited to play for uh, Minnesota United and sing Wonderwall. Um, he is extremely French. I think like I've been like trying to figure out what his nickname can be. I think it really depends on he there's there's some avenues, choose your own adventures he can go. And if he's shit, we're just gonna call him Pepe Le Pew. Um if he never like gets a touch in a game, he gets like two touches a game, then he's Marceau Marceau. Um if he scores fifteen goals, cans, he's Amelie. And uh and if he plays like a big target tall man, he's Le Baguette. Uh, any other? I don't know if you guys have any other nominees. If you ever read um, Harry Potter in French, um, the the word for magic wand is baguette magique. If you ever, that's, that's a little uh, fun fact for you guys. I mean, being French and coming to Minnesota, he could be our little raspberry beret. beret. Oh, because. Okay. Uh, we can tell that there's still some uh, NPR shit going on on this podcast because <laughs> got to mention Prince. Um, I actually hate Prince a lot, but oh my it's God. cool. Um, so, uh, wow. Unu? Anyone? anyone <laughs> I should uh, say that. Everything after 2007 I hate is, is music. When are we going to see Unu? Not for Austin, but maybe whatever the next team after that is. I can't think that far yeah. ahead. No, I don't know. It's weird because like the um, video that he posted was that on like Friday or Saturday that he posted that. I don't remember. I think it was Friday. Put it it was the twenty twenty third. I think it was. Yeah. But it looked like he was outside, like in the like drop off area of like an airport terminal. Yeah, I think he was so on his way. I think he was at Charles de Gaulle. And uh, <laughs> so hopefully, six I mean, weeks. so if he arrived this weekend and there's a, it's either a seven or a ten day. Quarantine. Yeah. I don't think he's playing. That means he won't be ready for um, uh, the first. He's ready for, for Colorado Austin. away on the eighth. Yeah. Even then, though, I do. I mean, he's been playing. Just to have him. He hasn't played consistently for what? Yeah, he's been training though. He's been yeah, yeah but he's I been mean, getting, he's been getting into the matches. Like he's yeah, but, probably in better shape than um, uh, uh, Juan Chopi. So, so. Uh, <laughs> when Chopi? Hey man. That was better than usual. Wanchopee. Wanchopee. I think if we don't see him on for 15 minutes at Colorado, I think we'll see him as a sub for sure at Vancouver home. Um, how about uh, how about Frank Payne? Uh, Fragapane. Frank Payne is the um, is the alter ego that Wait, our friend uh, J- Jim Oliver <laughs> uh, uh, knew Skull. Um, he's in our uh, 55-1 Slack and created at, at one point. It was one of those days where I was busy. And then you come back to Slack and something has happened and like 
you realize like an entire genre of a person has been created and they created like Frank Payne as this like a Punisher type comic book figure where he's just like this uh, hard drinking, drug taking, uh, angry soccer player uh, named Frank Payne and also yep. Franco Fragapane. It so, was yeah. really funny because like I stepped aside and I came back to read it. I was like, wow, this is really well put together. Like, I don't follow comic books much. Like, is there, I had to Google, I was like, is there a Frank Payne character? Like, is this real? It's not. It's just they just did a very good job of putting it yeah, together. Yeah, it's just all of a sudden like the dads all went away from the from the slack and then the kids were like, mm, let's just do some bullshit and take drugs. Um <laughs> anyway, Fragapane, um, he played 84 minutes, didn't score for the first time in three games for Tayaris, um, who won, but he still keeps on playing for them, so we don't you know, we don't know when this is happening, but boy, could we use a left winger right now? Am I right? Yeah, and and there are rumors that um, Cincinnati was in the hunt for him. Well, there was one uh, that tweet last late last week, which um, again, like, and I even think um, was it on um, this or on today Extra Time Radio? Like, even uh, Andrew Weeby said that yeah, this sounds like it's just agent chatter mm-hmm. trying to raise the price. Which is really funny because it means your agent doesn't know anything about MLS because you're basically saying like, oh, no, you know, one league negotiates this whole thing. Yeah. So we're going to say a different team in the same league who's negotiating together is yeah. the one that's going to outbid the other one. Although DP stuff might be a bit different. I don't actually know how DP negotiations. No, but he's a TAM. He's a TAM. Then never mind. I have no yeah. idea how anything goes. Um, all right. Now, are you guys ready to do Real Salt Lake or do you want to like? I mean, are any of us ever really ready to? All right, Minnesota United uh, at home for the first time. uh, We get to watch them in person, 550 days uh, between them, something like that. Um, Real Salt Lake win two to one. Um, uh, We were all there. I did not see you, Corey. I saw everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Anyone want to sum up the experience of of being back in person? Uh, I thought it was was awesome. Yeah, but weird. It was it was more like surreal. I think that did you understand? No, you know what? It was magic realism. That's what it was. Oh, did like a it dolphin talk realism. to you? Huh? Did a dolphin talk to you or something? What? What happened? Well, there was a guy next to me with like official official uh, referee yellow and red cards. So that's that's it's not quite Gabriel reality. Garcia Marquez, but it's uh it's something. Yeah. I just did that. Um, it, was, so. it was it was good. I mean, my my experience going in was about what I expected in terms of just like navigating the safety aspects, and but it didn't feel that much different. It just was like, oh, we have room in the concourses, and like you can use the bathrooms, and getting to your seats was great and fine. And yeah, getting a beer and um, a bathroom break at halftime was, was very really easy. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was super nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, After but, the game, like I, actually, I went to the bathroom and like I'm so used to not like having to wait 20 minutes. Just yeah, to you've got to play swords just to get in there. Yeah, and and it was magical. Like you opened up and like a stall was open and <laughs> and then, and it was just one of those moments where where you're like, wow. But like for me, it was my first time actually in the Wonder Wall, so that was my first yeah. time. And so well, like it was nice being there and uh, being part of supporter culture in a sense. And like, it was just, you know, I mean, like I, I enjoyed that. I mean, it was, you know, the game wasn't the best, but I think the atmosphere of people that were there made it worth it. So it was definitely a big reunion to getting to see all these people I haven't seen in over a year. 
um, yeah. you know, well over the year because they're people who I usually only see on game day. Um, you know, it, it was wild. Um, so I, that was one of the, the great parts about it. But also just being able to just wave a flag and yell at grown men. That's my, there, that's and, my and, dream. And I will say like there were a couple of moments where it was when it was quiet, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is weird. Mm-hmm. But there were moments where we're doing the MNUFC chant and it was really, really loud. Yeah. Like people brought it when yeah. they felt like it. Like the, the back and forth cheering from the wonder what whatever version of the wonder wall this is, like it was fine. It was good. Um but th- there were moments where when we scored the goal, it felt fine. So. Um, I'm going to move on to the game. Uh, there's yeah. We could talk, uh, do a podcast just about the, being back. We have lots of emotions about it. But um, Minnesota, they start this game with a whole lot of chances. Um, they ended up getting, was it 24 shots? Uh, only two of them on goal. Um so none of the chances were particularly threatening. They also almost got hit with a bad offside trap that they had, but Dane came up to, to save it big. I don't know if there's specific players that you guys want to talk about, but we'll talk about maybe Robin Ludd, who, um, you know, by the end of last year, um, is like the Gaius Baltar of, uh, of Minnesota United, where he's like, first you don't, we didn't like him, whatever, we didn't know what he's doing here, but then you, know, you come, to, uh, come to really enjoy him, and like he's like, I know a thing about farming and I know a thing about scoring goals, except he doesn't right now. He's like, basically like, do you guys remember in the nineties when um, you had to like calibrate your mouse, you know, you had to like do these things and it was almost like yeah. a game. So if you're like six, it was like, Oh, I'm playing a video game, but it wasn't. Yeah. I feel like Robin Lud needs to calibrate because he is like four inches away from four goals this year and uh, just keeps on missing. He did get a goal. Obviously we'll talk about late in the game. Um, but Golly, he's number 11 right now in the league for expected goals and assists. And uh, Reynoso, by the way, is number 15. But who do you guys want to talk about? Why don't you guys pick a pick a section of the pitch you want to talk about? Well, um, I wanted to talk about the, the, the lack of creativity or the lack of trying to play on the left side. I think anyone who's seen us play understands that if you are able to put a body on Reynoso and then give him enough time to make a pass or have space, and also if you're able to have your midfield pinch on the right side, all all you're going to have to defend are crossing balls from the right side. Right. And when you don't, and when when you can't move the defense, right, if when you can't move them at all and they can stand vertically, uh, horizontal, um, you know, it's a lot easier to defend anything else that's moving or going into the box than if you are dribble into the box. And we talked about this last year, right? It's like we are more dangerous when we have people dribbling into the box. And we've talked about how on the right side, Metanier does not want to do that, right? And whenever we get lewd to do it, something seems to always be close to happening. And I think... That's one of the things that I saw. Like, in the first six, seven minutes, I was excited because there were two opportunities in which Reynoso, who mostly for us has, has a tendency to play on the right more than anything, drifted towards the left and tried to find a running Nathan Finley for a through ball a couple of times. And that's something Did that you call him Nathan Finley? Just his movement. What's that? Did you call him Nathan Finley? 
No. A running Ethan, Ethan Finley. Okay, all right. That sorry. was that was just the uh, the the Zoom. The Zoom. Okay, sorry. Yeah. He's I, Nathan I, now. He's Nathan Nathan, Nathan Finley, Nate. right? Nate. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with with Reynoso, just the fact that he moves to the left, he's able to move people. And there were times where Reynoso in the first forty-five would move to the left, not enough for me, and would then drag somebody or drag enough attention. And then he would switch the ball to the right. And then we would have like a, a, a decent attack going forward. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, um, that I, I saw that needed to kind of be addressed. It's like, I understand Reynoso doesn't have anyone he can trust or connect on the left-hand side. But you still got to try. Mm-hmm. You still got to try that left-hand side. Knowing that you were able to move the defense that way to open up some other, other holes for people to make runs. That is how Molino did his thing, right? Molino would go to the left. He'd wait till Reynoso moved. He followed him around enough to be able to see space to run into and then hopefully get a ball in. Now, I understand we don't have someone that can do that yet, um, you know, and, but I also think so that that is something that we, we need to do more of. So the, the I'm really like um, mixed on the, the attack thing because it, it's very obvious that we had a lot of shots, so many of them. Grey Goose took three of them that were just speculative from 35 yards out. And you can tell that there is a, a lack of ideas that especially come when we're down, right? Rail Salt Lake just bunkered in, and then it's like, where do we do? We send the, cycle the ball out to Metnir, who's number two in the league for crosses, and uh, he puts it in, and he connects a lot, but not in a dangerous way. Um, you know, Hassani did have a header from one of those that went a little wide. Um, you know, we are creating a lot of chances by putting the ball in the final third. So I'm, I've got like all my stats today because I was like looking up where where we are. Um, thank you, Patreons, for the Y Scout subscription um, because we are um, we're number one for through passes, number two for key passes, number one for passes into the final third. Number two for smart passes. Number one for progressive. Like we are a team that is passing a lot of the ball, putting it forward. We're not passing it along the back. We're actually getting the ball forward and doing a pretty good job of that. But then it's, you know, the problem is the only person we have making that dangerous move is Bebelo. Um, I thought Bebelo had a pretty mixed game. Um, it was not the magic that I wish we could have seen from him. But, you know, Lud is not doing much creating. Um, Agadello was pretty invisible the whole time. Finley was terrible on the left. Um, you know, we have a lot of love for Finley on this team and what he can do, but that it's not working. And maybe it's just going to work when we get Wanchope, Unu, um, maybe Frank Payne, when we get them all up and running. But um, right now, we definitely look like we need a striker. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, like, going into the beginning of the season, we said after Molino left, our two glaring positions that we desperately need to fill are our starting striker and our left wing to replace Molino. And we haven't done that yet. I mean, honestly, like, right now, we are playing our third string striker once we get Wanchope and Unu into the mix. And... We if, don't have a left um, winger. And if if we get Fragapane, then maybe we'll have a starting left winger. But at this time, like our best bet on the left wing 
is uh, an occasional sub from Houston last year on left wing who was a sh- shitty team. Like, so like, we don't have the offensive players right now to make it work. And it is unfortunately, like, I mean, just I was just looking at like the shots that we had. And um, I mean, Robin Lute had, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six shots inside the 18 yard box, like in good positions. Like he's working it. The problem is if you only have Reynoso and Lude being the two guys that are able to, you know, do anything offensively, that's easy to cover defensively for an opposing team. And that's kind of the issue we're at right now. Yeah. And, and so the thing that, that frustrated me or the, the, the thing that when we were always super solid is we were really utilizing the double pivot, right? Which was Ozzy kind of back as the six and Greg Goosh as, as like kind of the roaming eight. And it, it's very consistent how they're getting the ball forward. Um, usually getting the ball forward to Reynoso, who's much further forward than where he has been in the, in the last two matches and allowing him to be a facilitator. Reynoso's tracking back more because I just don't think that the that the trap Gregouche pairing is working. Something's not working there. They're either playing as, as two eights. Um, you know, we have a stat that says that Will Trap has the third most passes into the final third. Um, you know, that's like you said, Wes, that's a good on paper, that's a good stat. We're getting the ball forward, we're setting up chances, but it can't just be all these balls coming in from deep and there there's something that's happening when you have those two eights like that who are you know trying to like it's almost like they're working against Reynoso at times when you brought in someone like Ozzy and and we scored our goal we'll get to this in a second but when you brought in Ozzy at the 70 something minute he provided a little bit more of that coordination from the back forward mm. that linked up with Reynoso in a way that having two eights there like Gregouche and Trap didn't. It's almost like Will Trap wants to do that long through ball, that long pass, and Gregouche wants to fire those shots from midfield. That's not necessarily the kind of person that Reynoso needs to link up with. What you need is like that, that kind of like creative defensive midfielder. You know, like, which is Ozzy's dictating the rate of play and he's dictating the passes. He's telling the wingers where to go. He's telling where Metner where to where to where to operate, and that's allowing Reynoso to get further up the pitch because he knows that he's going to get good service that he can then turn around and provide good service to the wingers and the attackers. So that's a big thing that I that I was seeing. That and that is that is great because that is exactly what I was I was I was going to go into next is the difference between Ozzy and Trap is that Ozzy, when the center backs have the ball, is the first one to go and ask for the ball to be able to make those connecting passes. Trap is trying to move into space, but he does, he's not commanding the ball. So therefore, you're, you're, you're leaving it to your center backs to try to make a, a, um, a through ball pass or a pass that can bypass the midfield, which happened a couple of times. But what happens with that is just that then... If if you lose the ball at that point, then your then your midfield or your six or your double eights who see the play going forward move forward, and then if there's is if there's sloppy play, which 
there was incredible. These past games have been incredibly sloppy passing by everyone. And that creates a, an extremely counter that 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 Real Salt Lake was willing was willing to do. Trap was better when Ozzy came in because he was willing to be that second third. And 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 as much as Gregorich needs to talk to Trap, Gregorich also needs to shoot the damn ball. There well, he, he did, but he's just not close enough. No, there, were, there was a he, chance where he, where he chipped the ball. Like 20 feet chip, lower, though. Yeah, okay. he chipped the ball. He, there was a chance where he had to, had to go wide open. Or he was at, sitting literally, literally at, outside the box, and he tried to chip it to Mentonier. When no one's pressing you, he's got to shoot. So let me let me go go to this, and I don't think the problem is Will Trap. I think the problem is Johnny Gregus, um, because you've got Will Trap. His passing is really good. He plays further up than Ozzy does that role. I think he does what Ozzy does. He does a similar thing. He just does it further up in the pitch, and I think that that just doesn't give a role for um, Gregus, who uh, you know he's he's there to be kind of more of an advanced central midfielder, but that's where Bebelo is playing. And I think we need someone who's that medium depth that Will Trap is. We still need... What the fuck was that? A pterodactyl? Uh, that, was, that was my wife uh, expelling we the died. demons that were in her sinuses from <laughs> all the way at the other end of the home. Good God. <laughs> Let me send you some... Uh, some tainted water from the local church. <laughs> she can snort that. Just go, just go, like throw some Epsom salt at her. Hold on. No. Anyway. So we continuing um, on. What we need is like a, a a someone who can help do that defensive work. I think Will Trap is is actually surprisingly decent. We got a couple of questions in the um, uh, Twitter Twitter questions here of um, you know Toby S says am I missing something because I've been unimpressed with his performances so high and Lucas Piepenhagen says um, can Trap play more of an anchorman I think I'm more concerned about can you get Trap to sit deeper and and train him to be a little bit further back there um, and then can you put Hassani in next to him um, the problem with Hassani is he just wants to move he just has no positional um uh discipline he wants to move too much and so that but i i think that i'm more concerned about gregus at this point do you think the issue with trap not being back far like staying back enough is that a personal thing on him or is that like a tactical thing because if you mm. look at how like minnesota like our when we started last year, especially like before, and then we had Babelo, like when we were in like the MLS's back, our back line stayed very far back, and we kind of had like just a defensive block, and then then we pushed out and countered, and now we're doing so much advanced work down the field that our um, midfielders, our holding midfielders, are pushing further down the field as well. So is that a tactical thing that Trap isn't doing and that Gregus isn't doing? Or is it actually like, you know, we need someone to actually be a stay-at-home number six who can help out with the defense since we're kind of struggling on defense quite a bit too? I, I, I think we, we saw a little bit of that last season when we had Ja'Cory Hayes with Greg Goosh in kind of almost playing in that in that double eight role. Um, I think it's a little bit of both right now. I think that's Will Trapp is used to playing a little bit more forward. 
um, in that Grey Goose style position um, with a defensive midfielder behind him or next to him or in a different uh, formation. So I think it's a little bit of both. And I think they're, we're trying to figure out the, the kinks right now. I think, it, and I said this last podcast, it's just the last episode, is that there, there needs to be a, a conversation or there needs to be an, uh, a conversation with everyone about uh, formation discipline. Like, if this is what your formation is going to be, this is what is expected to be. Uh, with, with um, and just like Wes brought it up, with Trap being able to function more as an eight than a, than a, true, than a six, then... Reynoso really has no 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 chance to really be able to it just squeezes his, his area mm-hmm. of work and when he is squeezed it's, it just makes it easier for the defense just to be able to be on him right and I, I also think that's 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 one of the things too is just that there were times where Reynoso was going real deep to receive a ball instead of trying to stay up high and once Ozzy came in Agudelo came off and then Lude went as a false nine. There was more room to breathe, mm-hmm. and there were more chances to be able to create. And and I'm this is nothing against Trap. I just think that for this team, uh, if we're basing everything off last year, then a six that sits more at home and does the connecting kind of passes is more use is is better for this system right now than than someone who's having two eights. But you can that is a tactical problem though. He can be instructed to do that. It's right. not he like can players cannot like do like. Oh, I just I literally cannot do this. I, I must move. I'm going to move to defense. Oh, you're going to do this, Mark? You want? Uh, no, no, I was going to. Yeah, let's move. To let's move to the defense. Yeah. Um, we gave up two uh, terrible goals. Um, Chase Casper uh, was at the center of the second one in particular. The first one. It's not necessarily, well, it's, yeah, he's a big part of it too. I mean, it, it comes from a corner. The first one is a, a corner, and then it gets cycled back. Uh, um, Metonier is basically 8,000 miles away and decides to take a shot. The ball deflects, and now all of a sudden it's like a 17-on-3 um, counterattack. Yeah, because, because Will Trapp and Metonier were like the two guys back for defense, and Metonier stepped up and ripped a shot. Yeah. And and then the ball kind of gets taken off. Um it's a bad pass from the guy doing the break who eventually scored. What's his name? Um um oh uh, Anderson Julio. Um he um the ball gets to Chase's foot. He takes a bad touch. The ball then gets and ends, ends up uh, at um Anderson Julio's feet again and he just scores. Um there was a lot to this. Uh, Roman Metnier should never have taken that shot. Um, the, the whole whole inability to understand that the, that the, this was going to be a smash and grab was really dumb. And then Chase takes a terrible touch, should have just booted it away. And um, and voila, you've, you've got that. Um, I mean, the whole game was a smash and grab from Real Salt Lake, and, and credit to them for smashing and grabbing. Um and later on, you had the, the second goal, which is Chase joining the attack, and he loses the ball, and just he just weirdly it's like bad, I don't it's know a bad back pass. To, I don't know who it's to, a bad back pass to. Is it? It was supposed to be to like like I don't know if it's supposed to be to Yuka or or back to Dane, but either way, it was Yuka awful. was ahead of him. 
Maybe he's a, haunted. It was just a, and he no, like it was just a, passed it to a, a ghost. bad miscommunication. Yeah. Both players were within like six feet of each other. And Chase went for the ball. And Yuka was going for the ball as well. And so Chase probably thought that either Yuka is going to come take the ball because I'm kind of shielding it or and I'm going to go behind him and support. But it ended up happening. No, no one said anything. So he tried to, at the last minute, pass it back, which is a horrible mistake because it just led you know, into a, a 2v1 that Dane Sinclair but, couldn't it, do nothing about. It, yeah, and it, and it led to a, to a perfectly squared pass across the, the front of the box, and they tapped it in. Like, the worst, the worst kind of goal. It's just... but the, the and, and Michael Boxall had a, had a... Not a lengthy, but um, a decent post-match interview. And one of the, the things that he said was, he's just like... I mean, we're all accountable, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but it's okay to punt the ball into the stands and we yeah. can reset our shape and and get some stability back. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, but but he's exactly but right. sometimes it's, it's not okay to punt the ball in the stands. Well, we'll get there. I'm <laughs> foreshadowing. I went to music school. I, I'm an artist. I, I appreciate um, it. So, no, I, I play jazz drums and I didn't even do it that well. Um, uh <laughs> Sick jazz um, drumming. It's about, uh, listen, it's uh, about the it's about the jokes uh, you don't play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but this is a this is a this is the thing that we've seen with Chase Gasper for several seasons now, where it's his uh, split second decision making, and and th- this is another example, like whether it's bad communication with one of his center backs, doing a bad back pass, or joining the attack too far forward. Um, and not having the positional awareness or like we've seen last season, giving away red cards, um, giving away PKs in the box toward the end of matches when we just need to bunker, not clearing the ball out. Um, it's, it's just, you know, I, I read somewhere today. I don't even know where it was somewhere on the internet. So it's real. Um, are we seeing all that chase Gasper is going to be like, has he plateaued as a player? Like, is like, we saw him, his ascendancy, and has he plateaued? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's a fairly decent question to start asking now on with his third, going into his third full season. See, I don't think... Chase has always been that player who always makes two or three mistakes that are very noticeable mistakes every game. And that's him. Like that's He's always been that way. So whether he's plateauing or not, I don't know. But I think what it really made is demonstrated is that how much we are missing Debassi. Because if you go back to last year, Debassi, one of one thing that he does amazingly well is his closing speed, where he can just track a guy back and close him down and get a last second, just like touch on the ball. Like sometimes it's like right before the 18-yard box, right? Sometimes in it's in the 18-yard box, but it's just a beautiful soft touch to get the ball away, send it out, and he can do that. And you realize how much of that is covering for Chase. And his ability to do that is what made Chase and him work. Yeah. And I don't know, like and, hopefully and, and Raitala he, can come in. I, I I would actually love to see Debasi and Raitala on the left together because I didn't think Raitala looked bad as a center back. And I think he'd look much, much better as a fullback. So I would actually yeah. like to see those I want to pull it, pull it back because I want to, Stop talking about the game for a little bit. But, um, Rodrigo, let's finish on the last part, which is we did get a goal back. How did it happen? Well, I mean, like we, last year we were all about 
he's not playing the youth at all. And this year, over the past two games, he's done that, right? Uh, I think both Dotson and McMaster came in between the 60th and 70th minute. Um, and from the get-go, as as Dotson playing as the eight, um, you could see that there was there was not only they were running against tired legs and in and, and a midfield already had two yellows, so they were running at people that could have gotten red cars, but they were trying to create. And I think when Dotson's able to get that ball on the right and then crosses it, and McMaster McMaster with a beautiful one touch. Uh, with a beautiful touch to to control the ball and pass it back to to um, Lude to be able to hit it hit a low volley like almost like falling angle type of thing. I mean that was a great goal, but it's a beautiful goal. It was one of those things where like that is you know what you get and and you see what people were seeing in McMaster before he had the injury, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has that able to creativity and sure he can make mistakes, but. To have that kind of faith in a rookie, I think for me that's that's a nice thing to see. And like and and like I wish we would have seen that with other folks, but apparently McMaster's is 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 playing above all those types of levels and 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 pulling all the right strings to be able to get that kind of time. And I would love to be able to see just to see what else the youth can do. Like we've we've seen who we drafted, so it'd be nice to be able to see how that works. But Dotson is becoming that engine that, that, that we need in the second half. And the way that, and we've talked about the, the way that Gregus is playing right now, it might not be a bad idea to go into Austin and put Dotson in and they and give Gregus a time to reset and kind of regroup. So think that about, way we Think don't about have, what he's done. Well, kind of. Well, I mean, we, we Gregus does not have... He's very accurate with his passes. He had some yeah. horrible passes this game. So, Mark, you want to say something last about Grandmaster Flash? <laughs> yeah, and just about like generally, um, I, it feels like I talked about like earlier tactically how you know maybe um, Hadrian Heath like is not asking Trap to be back. There's some tactical questions. One thing I've been very pleasantly surprised, and it's only the second match of the season so far, has been Heath's ability and willingness to rotate the squad which I very much appreciate, whether it's Grey Goose coming, getting subbed out, um, bringing Ozzy in limitedly, because, again, I think it's smart just that Ozzy only was able to start 10 matches last season. Will Trapp's not going to be able to play 90 minutes the entire season for every single match. So basically holding Ozzy back and not starting him until Will Trapp is injured and has a reason to not start Ozzy or to start Ozzy instead, like, I appreciate that. And so like I don't know if someone had like a coming-to-Jesus moment with uh, Adrian Heath that said, here are all of the analytics about subbing and distance run and everything. Dude, just listen to this podcast. Just look at my What's fucking up, piece of paper with a spreadsheet that tells you why it's a good idea to do this and do it. And it feels like at least for two matches, he's done it. All right. What if what if Adrian we, Heath is our is our best Patreon? He's, he's on the Slack. He definitely is. Him, him and Mason <laughs> Toy's dad. All right. I'm going to call it quits here. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We got a little bit of the Austin preview, and then we've got some Twitter questions. All right. Back on the 55 One podcast. Let's talk about Ochoa Gate because, uh, we um we danced around it a little bit, but um the the 
The beautiful part about the uh, tiny or empty stadium is that we could yet again taunt the goalkeeper and uh, the goalkeeper would have to hear what we're saying. I'm going to be honest. Um, most of our taunting was not pretty, not very good. There were a few guys who were just like, just yelling David over and over again. Just not, that's not very, you guys got to, we all have to work on it. We have to up our game. Um, you know, there was lots of Olympics jokes and, and whatnot. Um, but the greatest part is um, he started doing pantomime villain shit of like falling over and just like, oh my God, just holding his side. He'd been, he'd been t- totally beaten up. He'd fallen and he can't get up. And then uh, at the end of the game, he kicks the ball. He's celebrating and he kicks the ball just way up uh, toward into the Wonderwall section. It's He was very looping. But he kicked the ball into the section, and uh, Hassani Dotson, his uh, his U23 uh, teammate, took exception to this. Uh, so did Chase Gasper, who um, I, I think um, Andrew Weeby's joke on Extra Time Radio, which they spent 15 minutes on this issue, was uh, was that Chase did much more defending of the Wonder Wall than he actually did on the pitch. Um, Achoa Gate might, might have been the the best line of that entire. That is podcast the best today. line. Um, I, will, I will give. I will tweet it. Weeby and say that was a great line. It's so better than every single haiku. one of his haiku. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I I personally look at this and think it was the greatest thing. We spent years at Nessie trying to get reactions like that out of a goalkeeper, and our like out of season, out of touch, like not very good heckling. I'm going to say it's personal. It's incredibly responsible got him to uh to respond like that and he might get sanctioned who knows um it was beautiful to me and then i saw there was lots of fights people were mad at, at alexi La- well, mark you were mad at alexi lawless for for I just saying like, that, that Winterwall like was whiny about on it. the free twitter website that's just it mm-hmm. and, and i also like I also, also any, super anytime i can pull up that screen draft grab of like that guy calling Alexi Lawless a ginger cunt that eats canned chicken. I can just, I, I will, I'll just post that every time that I it want to. It is a to. good one. I, I don't know. Can we say anything else about Ochoa Gate? It was amazing. It was one of, one of my just favorite things. I mean, I, I will say, I will say when I, cause I, that, that was toward my end of the, of the field. Um, no, it wasn't. It was on the opposite side. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It doesn't yeah, matter. You by the brew hole. What are you talking about? No, yeah. Uh, so it was at the end of the match. And then when I got home and I do my usual like doom scrolling uh, after, you know, post-match. Um, I mean, I was, I was angry. I was like, you know, how dare he? And then I woke up the next day and I was just like, no, that was funny as hell. Like yeah. we like the nine people that were in the wonder wall just got to him so bad. It did. It was, it was brilliant. It's magical. And the thing is like Dotson went up to him. Our team went after him to defend their fans. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. And, and how, how is it a bad thing? Again, it like provided literally 15 minutes of, of, uh, of the podcast talk about, about it. So, do you have something to say, Rodrigo? Yes. Jake, say it. I wanted to say that there were people yelling at him in Spanish and swearing at him in Spanish, and that was pretty funny because, like, it wasn't like it wasn't. There was like the one the guy who was like, it. Yeah. and he was very loud. Yeah. But like, 
But like, I think my favorite thing chant that was going was the fact that every time he get the ball, people would be like, "You're not the real Ochoa," <laughs> and then like, and then like he like every they did that for literally five minutes every time he had the ball, and when he punted the ball to the Wonder Wall, people got started yelling. And literally, like, 30 seconds after that, I turned around and said, hey, guys, we got into his head. And then everybody went, like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, I guess one of those things were, like, and he's a young kid. He did something stupid. But we had one of those kids, too, right? Remember Mason Toy? Mm-hmm. When, when he spit on someone and he got fined? Now, yeah. David Ochoa is, is, is hopefully be who will grow and be a better goalkeeper. Uh, but... We don't know that yet. Um, but, I mean, hopefully he'll learn from that experience and let's see what the sanctions come because, you know, I mean, it is a rule to to, to kick or throw anything against, you know. Mm. So there has to be some sanction, I mean, for, for something. And I, we'll see how that goes. But overall, like, everyone loves uh, an evil guy to cheer against, right? Everyone loves a heel in the WWE, right? And I think literally... The Wonder World just literally printed out the blueprint of like oh, when yeah. you play when 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 they play RSL away, what what they have to do. Yeah, or just next week. So now now, um, Brad Stuver, he's the Austin FC goalkeeper. He's thirty and he's made about forty pro starts ever in his life. Um, I was digging into his social media, hoping to find some problematic t- tweets with like bad taste in Disney movies. Instead, I found him liking like pro-vax advocates and posting that, uh, posting like uh, retweeting people who are fighting against misgendering trans people. So I'm like pretty bummed that he's not a monster and he seems like a really cool, decent human being, which is like, <laughs> God damn it. Why do you have to do this to us, Brad? Um, uh, so anyway, so I don't, I, I did find a tweet um, early on. I went back to some 2011 tweets and one was, December 1st, 21st, uh, 2011, watching the final Harry Potter on DVD, McGonagall is a badass. So I think I'm going to try to get my hands on a megaphone and just read him his own tweets for the entire <laughs> 45 minutes. Um, you can, you can, you, oh my God, what if we just, th- the thing is like, this doesn't mean that he's like a Harry Potter super fan because it's like, you could yell things like the sorting hat. He tweeted, doesn't a, believe there's in another you. one uh, uh, about Harry Potter that he tweeted, so. He's got two Harry Potter. I mean, that's fair enough. He's a super fan. Yeah. That's totally fair game. So do your research. Uh, Here's the thing. Everyone, you're out of practice. You do need to remember when you heckle people, first of all, you don't cross the line. Second of all, you you have to be clever. You have to be funny because the, the whole point is to entertain the randos who are 20 feet away from you and maybe get in the guy's head. I'm trying to convince David Smith, who used to be in the old Nessie costume, to get back, get the band back together, do one game in the Nessie costume with a megaphone, because that dude is the funniest human being I've ever met, and uh, he he has he's, his like entire life is the uh, you're a ginger cunt who eats from tuna uh, who eats chicken from cans. That's that's like that's, he'll just By throw megaphone, that stuff away. Do you do you mean like one of those actual megaphones or yeah. just like megaphone. the one with the they'll, they'll let you carry one of those in? Yeah, that's, I mean, dark clouds usually have one. Or the the capos have them. We'll uh, yep, we'll find them. Anyway, okay, um, I can get one. I got a few points, of, or we, we want to talk a little bit about this Austin preview. How are we going to fix a problem like Chase Gasper? 
What do you do? Because oh. I don't think you can start him next game. I think you have to I, drop him like you dropped Brent Coleman. But what are you going to do? Are you going to put Yuko Daitala out there? I think, I think you... God, it's turning into like a Liverpool season with like how many center back pairings can we get in the first couple matches? Mm-hmm. But... It's worked I mean, out well for Deba- them. Like let, let's uh, let's go into this. Are we assuming that Debassy is also out? He hasn't trained yet. So, yeah, he, yes. hasn't he hasn't trained. Tra- yeah. So so let's assume that he's out. Do you put Montgomery as a center back, and then put Ritella out to the left? No, I, I think you just go with Yuka uh, Ritella at center back and Chase at left back again. Like I don't think you can change it up like, too you much. You could put Hassani out left. You don't want to have your like you third center back pairing in three matches. Right, because it hasn't right. worked in any of them yet. I mean, yeah. I should say that it actually did work pretty well. Like, because uh, there was a point where it was about like 10, 20 minutes into the match where uh, Will Trap actually came back and talked to uh, Yuka Raitala. And like, they had like this weird, this like back and forth. And that's when Raitala started to fade back and set back a little bit more. Mm. And after that, he was looking really good. Like he was pushing forward too much, and they yeah. basically told him, "He's like, no, stay back." And it worked. And and, and I, it and it was and his I, first I, start. And I don't think he looked bad in his first start either. So I think you keep him there just because. Yeah. For God's sakes, like you don't. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Put Coleman in? Like are you can put like Montgomery in? Like I I would rather have Coleman and Boxy and and then Rattel out on left than have Chase play again. Um, well, I don't know if Callum Montgomery is a decent player, but. I, I think Chase has not looked good in either of the games. Kevin Gucci, Kevin Gucci, Kevin You could put Gucci, Kevin, Kevin, that Gucci. dude is big. And yeah, I um, I definitely, when he was warming up, he was like 15 feet away from me. So I was singing Kevin Gucci to him and uh, he didn't acknowledge Did you look me. at all no. your, your direction or no? No, but I, if he looked at me, I would be scared. He's a big dude. Yeah. Um, here's the thing though, is like, I, 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 you know, I, I hate doing this, but I agree with Mark. Like, I don't think we're going to see a change in the lineup. <laughs> We all in the aspect agree. of like, well, who's going to be on the left? Like, we went through two seasons with Chase, and um, and and you either live by Chase or you die by Chase in that matter. And I don't see anything else changing it in that matter, unless we you know we had a young, signed, unsigned New England Revolution person. Who could could make you know could could you could put in there and just let them let them create havoc, but but we don't. So I'm not. I'm okay. We're not going to go down this path. No, I, I refuse. Uh, let me let me um, move on to this question from Cristiano, who's in our fifty five one Patreon Slack. You too can join in our in our fifty five one Slack banter by becoming a three dollar a month Patreon supporter at www.patreon.com slash fifty five one. And it's and it it it's only getting better. It's yeah. really it's it gets good. I mean, we're yeah. developing characters Frank at this Payne, point. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are the reasons I should not panic about the first two matches? Um, it's the first two matches. Yeah, it's, and also it's MLS. Like, and also, like all of the stuff that we talked about, where uh, Minnesota is missing in their roster, we're still missing in our roster. So until we get our striker and our left winger. We're gonna have we have like Reynosa and Lude, and that's all we have for offense right now. Like we have a third stringer. Uh, what? We have a third stringer striker, and Agudella, and basically we have like like I said that like we have Agudelo. Houston's backups left winger as like our potential best option on the left wing, and yeah. he's injured. 
Like, but 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 the uh, the issues that we've had. Debasi will be back at some point. That gives us more options at left back. Like, Agadella will be more match fit and be able to come in as a super sub. All of those things, will we, we are missing a decent amount of our depth of some of these big signings. He might be 31 years old, but he's still a Boca Juniors forward. Like, he's still going to be good. Man, he's still going to have an impact when he comes in. But anyway, so that's right. what I wouldn't worry about. It's the first two matches of the season. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Seattle always uh, does crappy at the beginning, and then exactly. they uh, win, That's win what I was MLS. Say, like, We're the new Seattle. Seattle. We're uh, the new Seattle. Jim Oliver the, says uh, in our Slack, he said, name one thing you're going to do to make David Ochoa suffer this season. Maybe um, we should organize a bus trip, and we can have all of us go out to Salt Lake City for the match. That'd be good. That'd be good. Sorry. Then we'd have to go to Salt Lake City. Yeah. What we, one what thing, we could go ahead. No, I said one thing. If we go to, if you guys want to go to Salt Lake City, you go for it. But us brown folk are not allowed in Salt Lake City. Yeah, we don't want to die. Oh, man, the one time I was in Salt Lake City, we, I, like we were driving through, coming like driving back from like California through Vegas, and then whatever. And oh man, I I ordered a beer in an Applebee's, and the dirty looks from everybody mm. as that beer traveled through the restaurant to my table, amazing. Should have ordered a Coca Cola too. Um, Sunsafe Soccer says, is it that the team isn't showing up or the team is showing up and shooting themselves in the foot of the things that bad if we eliminate the individual errors? Um, I think it's halfway between that. We talked about Chase or whatever the mistakes are, right? The problem is that we don't have a defense that is, I think, the problem with that second goal, right? Um, Chase makes a bad mistake, but where's Yuka? What, what? How are things being set up there? It's not gelling right now. Boxall needs to like take them all together. They need to go um, to Valley Fair, go on some like uh, rides together. Something they need to bond. They need to gel again. Um, They're actually I, at the Wisconsin Dells right now. Yeah. Oh no, I was thinking laser tag. Oh, that is good. So, actually, laser tag you can do. What, um, what is that thing when you go to a too. room? Is that like escape room? Escape room. That's what they need to do. You go to a room that was really vague. I didn't. Good job. I know. I got to. I got right. wait, I like got a lock. They should do an escape room together. That would be really no, good. I, but 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 the thing is, like, look at the first two goals from the Seattle game. Where did those come from? Those came from mostly individual errors, right? And specifically in our back line on the left side, our left side. Yep. Same situation. Slightly different for this match. It's. I do agree, Wes, that I think it is a combination of team chemistry, blah, blah, blah. Um, not running hard enough and kicking the ball or whatever the hell he said last season. Um, but I do think it's, I lean more heavily toward individual errors. It's also fitness because you do have this team playing. They are playing even more pressing soccer right now. And, um, you know, among the random stats to, to throw out is that they are third in allowing the the few fewest amount of passes um in from the opposition um so they're doing a good job of pressing the problem is like with seattle they fall apart and like in this it gets beaten up and then they don't have any other options there and they need to be able to create sugeneris they need to create something there but it it comes down to uh formation discipline it comes down to being faster in the aspect of passing the ball and not being sloppy with your passes. 
it also comes down to just, you know, like communication. Like we have a lot of new players who've not been inconsistent enough to be able to do that. Like we're throwing Ethan Finley on the left-hand side. We joked about that last season because you were like, well, might as well play him on the left because he finds out, right? I mean, like he can't be any worse than anybody else we put on the left, right? And we put him on the left. And, you know, he was was somewhat, uh, you know, like the left is just like the Bermuda Triangle of this offense. You just can't figure out. We throw anyone in there, just they just tucked in and they disappear in some sort of sense. But regardless, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of things that are tactical that can be fixed, right? If Will Trap can talk to Juka and then, then someone should be talking to Will, Will Trap and be like, dude, you're maybe, not, maybe the head coach. You're not an eight. You're not an eight right now. Okay. You're not an eight right now. Dotson is our future eight. You're not the. So, um, Will Carpenter says, um, assuming new left wing is finalized soon or Unu plays there, what are the two to three positions to address next? Which is a hilarious thing to ask. Like, after we get these two to three players, who are the next two to three players? But um, And then suggest center back, left back, back up for Reynoso. Um, I think that coming into this season, we talked about, I talked about Chase Casper, that left back position is a problem. The problem is you, you have a, a temporary solution with Raitala, um, and Dubasi can go there as well, but Chase is the future there, right? You assume, but he you know, like you said, has he plateaued? Is it someone like Mason Toy where you need to send him on so that he can score some goals in uh, Montreal or something like that? Because Mason Goal has doubled the amount of goals that Minnesota United does this year. Um, you know, you need to... The problem is we are constantly doing so much of a churn for this team and we need to find younger players that we can actually bring through and allow them in. And we're not doing that in most of our positions, which is really frustrating. So that's why we're always in this two to three um, players thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Left back, center back, yeah, Reynoso. I mean, back. it's but it's the same thing. It's like we have youth that we could play. We could throw them in. Like how how many veterans at center back do we actually need? Like what is what is the right balance? Like I don't know that we don't. I don't know that we don't have that, but Debassi is injured. And is it exposing us? I Maybe, but we we do have some younger guys that we could throw in. Kibben Gucci starts center back. Raitala starts left back. That should happen. I don't... But, although, for in, Austin? For no, Austin. I guess Austin. In, yeah, sure. Fuck it. In, why not? Kibben Gucci's like, uh, interview that he did with like uh, Steve McPherson, he called himself a number six. Uh, he's wrong. I called well, him he, a center back. You know, he's like the inverse Calvo. He's a like, he's a tall six. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, like, here's the he's thing. not just tall. Has, he's beefy. This he's guy. A, he's a tall yeah. ten in my book. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Okay. So Wes has his like the his ambition, like it was that obsession with the left back. My obsession is always been, what do we? What if? What if Reynoso gets hit by a bus scenario? That is my thing. That put, is my rabbit hole. You play Robin Lude. Those are, those are two of the positions, and then you need a center back. So those are the three. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, let's see. I'm going to just call it quits. There's a, a bunch of other questions, but it's been been a while. We've talked about a lot this game. Uh, oh, we'll, man. We'll, I thought we were going to do the Pisco one. 
Okay, fine. I'll finish on the Pisco question. This comes from uh, William. Oh, William Cook. Did you get two questions? No, William Carpenter. William Cook says, what Pisco recommendations do you have that we can get locally? It's going to be a long season. I'll tell you right now that uh, we have a bottle of Barsol Pisco. Barsol is the, the company that makes it. It's Cabranta. Um, and we just got a new type. And it's uh, it's pretty good. I think it's actually better than the last kind that we finally killed. Um, but that, uh, that last one was smooth. Yeah, well, that was a 2015, so that was like real nice to be. This new to one is 2018. 15. I like it more. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah. yeah. Listen, out of the four listed there, you you only use Chile for cleaning supply type of thing. So all the Chile wine, that's what happens. And I haven't had the Caravedo Mosto Verde Pisco, but I'm I'm a big fa- I'm a big fan of Quebranta. But I would give I, I would I would try I would try the 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 Mosto Verde Pisco just to see so what it's like. These are there's a, a list of Mark went and found the um the Piscos available at Total Wine. The um, Mosto Verde is forty five bucks, which is pretty expensive for a Pisco. So now I want to try yeah, it. I, I don't think I'd pay forty five bucks for a bottle of Pisco. Why Actually, don't... that's not true. I think Rodrigo, I bought. I said I dropped forty bucks on one from that your mom brought back. So that was worth true. it, wasn't it? That was good. Yeah. Well, let's get this one, guys. Let's get this one and and, uh, chase the dragon. Um, All right, guys. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone. Um, Hopefully, we'll see you out. If you're vaxxed, hopefully, we'll see you out at uh, at Blackheart. Um, And uh, regardless, um, say hi. I had lots of people say hi, and they were were very, like, several of them were like, I know that you've said that you don't remember names. And I'm like, thank you, because I don't. I'm, I'm not this is especially with the masks it's impossible everyone just say hi remember to tell not just me tell everyone your name no one remembers you it's 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 tough out there tell everyone your name no one remembers you end of podcast <laughs> you should just have name tags at the door at your should, bar just actually, have that, name would, tags. that would be good um all right kids have a great night thanks dad bye dad bye